Hello and welcome to the Poetry Exchange. I'm Michael Schaefer. And I'm Fiona Bennett. Fee, hi. Um, I'm talking to you remotely. I'm here in self-isolation in London and you are... I'm in Chester in self-isolation. In these uh, strange and difficult and complicated times. Mm. In a changed world. A changed world, a changing world, yeah. Um, I'm aware that anything we might say now will be completely, um, that will, will date very badly, put it that way. Uh, things, things are changing so quickly, so, you know, we're really in day-by-day day day territory at the moment, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, new yeah. things coming out and the new statistics and the new instructions about what we should do. Mm. We've kind of not really had a chance, you and I, to sort of check in around how we mm. might sort of want to kind of uh, be with this uh, respond to it in some way I suppose with with the poetry exchange but I guess there's something in the kind of ethos of of what you first thought of with this idea of of poems as friends that feels that it, it might have some kind of place certainly in this moment where we're kind of distanced from our friends and our family physically you know we're uh, what's the phrase now socially distancing yeah, I don't know. Perhaps they're, at best we can offer, you know, 20, 25 minutes, a little little bit of an escape um, from from what's going on, um, some friendship in the midst of that. Okay. I've had a, a, a friend of mine get in touch this morning and um, she was very excited to hear that there was a new episode due out <laughs> and that she felt that that would, that would help her in her self-isolation. Yeah. Definitely. I've had a few special requests. Have you? <laughs> yeah, a few people going, come on, there must be another rep, isn't there? <laughs> We've we been really a bit late. To get it. That's my fault. We've been a bit late oh, getting it out this well, month. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah, I think the only thing we'd managed to sort of say to each other was that we needed to kind of work out what our way will be, how, in what ways it might change or not to what we're doing, what we've been doing. But it's really good you saying that because I think that original moment of thinking about this idea of poems as friends I remember we talked a lot in the early days about the idea of that very physical experience of a poem Mm. that thing of when you encounter a poem therefore you know a physical meeting is taking place Mm. between the page and the person and it was kind of wanting to amplify that by then making that be a physical encounter between people with that poem Mm. so hopefully some of that will you know we'll find new and enhanced ways of 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 bringing that to bear this uh this this particular poem that we've got this month i had uh, kind of selected this one as being our next episode before you know the coronavirus really hit but it seems to be sort of weirdly apt in in some way in as much as it it's about intimacy, I think, isn't it? And about physical intimacy as well. It's about being able to hold someone. And somehow it, somehow it feels like it's a good fit for, for where well, we are. Well, to be honest, Michael, when you sent through the message saying this is the one we're going to be doing and then three days later the world was kind of, or we, where we are in the world, were really realising what was coming, I did think, could grief Michael Schaefer must be a fortune teller soothsayer person <laughs> yeah. so um 
Yeah. This was a conversation that was recorded in uh, the Central Library at Manchester. You and I are not in this conversation, Fiona. It's our, our friends Al and Sarah. And they were talking about The Hug by Tom Gunn, the poem that's been a friend to Sam. Sam, could I ask you to read it for us, please? Yeah, Thank sure. you. <clears throat> it was your birthday. We had drunk and dined half of the night with our old friend, who showed us in the end to a bed I reached in one drunk stride. Already I lay snug and drowsy with the wine dozed on one side. I dozed, I slept. My sleep broke on a hug suddenly from behind, in which the full lengths of our bodies pressed your instep to my heel, my shoulder blades against your chest. It was not sex, but I could feel the whole strength of your body set or braced to mine, and locking me to you as if we were still 22, when our grand passion had not yet become familial. My quick sleep had deleted all of intervening time and place. I only knew the stay of your secure, firm, dry embrace. Lovely, thank you. Can, can I ask when you first met this poem? Yeah, so not that long ago. <laughs> um, I, I was trying to date it, I think probably no more than two years ago um, when I first read about the author. I read an article about the author and then started reading his poems. And what was it about this one that kind of stood out for you? Um, so, I mean, I think I'm the kind of person who, who likes poems to kind of be accessible in the first reading. Um, so I think it's a bit different in prose. I like prose to be a bit clever, but with poetry, I just want to kind of, I want it to deliver its blow in the, in the first reading. Um, what stood out? I think, I don't know. I think it was just like the, the, the easy intimacy of it. I think when you read it for the first time, you feel like you're sharing in that intimacy and you're part of something quite special and it's being extended to you. So it's not just that it's a poem about two people being very close, but suddenly it's, you're being dragged right into that moment. So I guess I like a poem that makes you kind of pause as well. Yeah, and has that emotional resonance. Hmm. Was this the first of his poems that you'd um, read or was it one that yeah. you'd read a few and then this somehow stood out for you? I think there were a few of his poems um, in one of the collections I, I have at home. Um, I don't even think this poem was mentioned in the article I read, I think, so I found it a little bit later. And in fact, I've just noticed at the bottom here that it was from his later collection, mm -hmm. um, which gives it a whole different dimension, really, because it's during the AIDS crisis and it was kind of written during that time. And so now the security aspect of it takes on a whole different level. Yes. Um, so whereas, I don't, I'm not an expert in Tom Gunn, but I know that when he was younger, he kind of went to, started out in Cambridge and then went to California and kind of lived quite a hedonistic lifestyle there for a while. Um, and then I think this is kind of the later period, um, a bit more sombre. Um, but this one stood out for me. And I guess, to be honest, it's, it's, it's not just that it stood out to me because I read this quite early on in uh, my current relationship and I shared it with my boyfriend and we were 
talking about it immediately and it kind of resonated. Did sharing it change the poem for you? Yeah, so now I think when I just read it now, I think that I'm reading it out to him even though he's not here. Like that's how it feels. Um, and I can't read it without thinking that even in my head I feel like I'm reading it to him or with him. Um, there's a phrase in it that stood out for my partner which was about uh, your instep to my heel. And he mentioned it, and then it became a reference point. So actually completely divorced from the poem now, it's a reference point. About for some reason that's a really intimate gesture to kind of put the two feet. And we've spent a long time apart from each other. And um, one thing that we do when we're apart is to kind of do this with ourselves. Um, so if you do that, just, just try it now, actually. <laughs> If you put one foot like this, I mean, obviously, and then you have to sort of press the heel, just, just rest it gently there. Yeah. There's something really comforting about it. Is it just me? No, no, no. Do you know what? It's interesting because that line stood out to me. Oh, okay. That was the first point when I went, there was something kind of, because it is that, I suppose it's funny, isn't it? It's not that it's not a like kiss. It's not a, mm. you know, it's not a kind of sexual bit of your body necessarily, but it's a really, really intimate thing. So I, yeah. I don't think it's just you. No, okay, good, <laughs> good. So I don't know, so that's a really concrete gesture. And that's, yeah, that's kind of the line that's like stayed with us. Yeah. Something that struck me about this poem was this thing about kind of longevity and that line, my quick sleep had deleted all of intervening time and place. Um, and that thing of a relationship that's stood the test of time. I think it's really beautiful that it's become a poem for you guys kind of early on, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know if that's part of, like, it's a sort of almost aspirational or I don't know. That's a really um, interesting point, I think, you make there about it being aspirational at that point in the relationship. And I think you're right. And actually, so a, rec a kind of long-term thing that we've had is that um, I can't sleep in a bed with somebody. Um, never have been able to. Um, I used to live with a guy for two years and we had separate rooms, separate beds. Um, and... Uh, with him, it was a kind of thing where he was like, oh, it'd be nice if we could, you know, it's, it's some night as a special occasion. But I'd always say, well, it's not a special occasion for me because I can't sleep. It's just a sleepless night, you know, it's not special. Um, I would always like make the effort of try, like do it once or twice and then say, can you now see? It's just not going to work. Um, and, you know, we tried everything like sleeping tablets and um, put things on the pillow and I'd go get really drunk. Sometimes getting really drunk worked, but, you know, uh, earplugs. And the um, same thing is, is with my current partner, it's, can't do it. Um, and I think I realised, because my ex snored, and I always thought I was snoring then, but my current partner doesn't really snore. And he came over one night and didn't even sleep in the bed, he slept on the floor. And he could fall asleep on a cold floor with like nothing, just in his clothes. And I was just like, I, I could never do, you haven't even got a pillow, like I could never do this. Um, and, um, and then it was then that I realised, okay, I can't even sleep with your presence on the floor over there quietly. Um, there's something here. I don't know what it is. And I think for me, we had a recurring thing of, I, I didn't really want to talk about it because I said, there's no point in talking about it. Like I know myself very well and I know that this is not about you. It's just, you know, and I think he felt it a bit more personally. And I think maybe, now I think about it, a few months in, this poem is kind of like my gesture to say, Look, I think it would be nice as well. Like, I do have that longing as well. Um, so it's not like I don't see the value in it and it's not like I don't want it 
would like it to happen. It's just um, it's a bit tricky. <laughs> Um, so, and I think, and I think, obviously, for that reason, it resonated with him because it's something that's really important to him. This idea of like falling asleep together—I don't. Part of me understands it, and part of me doesn't, because if it's, and I think that's where the end of the poem comes in, because he's saying that. For me, the last four lines are saying that even though we were asleep, so like whatever happened, it's been deleted. So it's not like it was like quality time spent together because you're not awake. But somehow he knew that he'd been held like all through the night. Um, so I think it's it's a strange one. Like I think I, I feel like yeah. On the one hand, it's not that important because you're just you're just asleep next to each other. What, what's the big deal? But on the other hand, I kind of I like this romantic idea that somehow you'd wake up and have a feeling like an intuition that you knew what had happened during that time. Right. Um, as if it leaves an impression on you or something like that. I love the idea of a poem as an offering as well. Of that, like when you said, oh, mm. this is my, I like this too, but it's, yeah. I don't think consciously. Yeah. Yeah. But it's almost like a bridge, isn't it, enough anyway? Yeah, I think so. So with my, the guy that I lived with for two years, um, had a real problem with intimacy and he was very, a big fan of intimacy. And it got so bad in the second year towards the end that, um, I mean, it got worse like over the two years. It got to the point where I'd be in the kitchen and he would suddenly from behind come and hug me and I would like jump. Like, I, it was almost like an electric shock. Like, um, and in a way that was kind of like a, a foreteller that it just wasn't going to work. Like if after 18 months of living together, like you still can't take a hug from somebody, it's not a good sign. <laughs> um, that's better with my current partner, but there's still that thing of like, a hug, it's a very two-sided thing. It is somebody like claiming possession of you, like grasping you, grabbing you. And taking your space. Isn't yes, it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, taking your space. And, and then choosing the time when mm. the hug occurs usually. Yeah, and it's so much you say because it says my sleep broke on a hug. Like the, that's the what the word the the, yeah. the fragile word in a funny way is like the break the, the hug is breaking the the piece in a funny way like, and and suddenly from behind you're right it's all, it's all like, it's like an imposition and I guess in this one it then gives him this kind of sense of connection but I could, yeah it's interesting that yeah I mean if that was me I wouldn't be able to get back to sleep I'd just be annoyed. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm, maybe like you say, the offer is I'm saying to my partner that I'm putting a romantic spin on it, like, you know, sleep breaking on a hug, like a wave breaking on a rock, it's dramatic, romantic. Um, but also you were saying there about like choosing the timing of the hug. And it's always that thing of well, when do you, when is the right time to stop a hug as well? Like it's, it's one of those, is it an English thing? Like it's just, and there are people who are very hug friendly and I think it's obviously a lot to do with upbringing and childhood. I know this is about you not me but it's just making me think of my I'm a real hugger and my partner occasionally and when I give him a hug and he doesn't want one talking about ending a hug he just mm. pats me and then <laughs> patronising way and I'm like ah. like a wrestling come on yeah. done now like coming up for air isn't it but it, yeah but it's very interesting that thing of like two people and how they you know that you have different kind of 
lines and boundaries and and I think that's you know this your instep to my heel is a sort of really beautiful moment isn't it where there's an equality in that yeah it's almost like where it reaches because it's it's sort of it breaks and suddenly and, and then suddenly this sort of connection yeah and also I think unlike the hug it's a it's a gesture that you can decode very easily right like that's an intimate gesture yes. you know, I'm not going to suddenly put my in step to your heel. Yes. Um, yeah. You'd know what it, what it means, right? That's, yeah. so I, that's why I quite, quite like it. I guess it's concrete. Mm. But the, one of the other things I like about this poem is, I think, now that I'm looking at it, it's gender non-specific. Yeah. 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 There's no mention. It could be two women, two men, man and woman. Um, I really like that. And does that, what, what is it about that that you like? Oof. Um... I don't know. I don't know. There's multiple explan possible explanations. I think one of them might be that when you read it, you notice that there's, it's gender non-specific. Um, like I think if you read it a few times, you, you might pick up on it. Um, and then you would think, okay, but I've been reading this as a man and a woman or two. So I think it forces the reader a bit to reflect, encourages them, invites them to reflect a little bit on why they're making those assumptions. So is there a sort of freedom in it not declaring itself? I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously, I, I mean, I knew about Tom Gunn, so I, I kind of know that he's gay and I know the background. Um, but I don't know, do you two know about Tom Gunn? Well, it's funny, because I knew, I, I know a bit about Tom Gunn, so I read it as two men, okay. interestingly. Yeah. I didn't even consciously realise that I did that. Um, maybe I should have hidden it. Yeah, maybe, yeah. because, like, yeah. In retrospect, yeah. But also, it's like, why wish, Tom Gunn doesn't always have to write about two men? You know, it's like, it's quite, that's, that's an assumption that I've made, isn't it? That's true. Um, are you aware of how you read it? Oh. I'm really not, you know. That's mm. interesting now you say it. And there's something about him saying it was not sex. That's not what's important. So it's not who's doing what. It's just more about the intimacy and the, that feeling. Mm. And so, yeah, I wasn't... I mean, on that point, I, I wonder why he needs to say it was not sex. I mean, it's kind of... I think it's, if you took that bit line out, you'd still read it and think it's not about sex. Yeah. Um, or would you? Mm. It seems important for mm. him to make that point. And then it's, uh, it goes on, doesn't it, as if we were still 22 when our grand passion had not yet become familial. So it seems like there's a sort of... Um, maybe it's something to do with... I'll say it's more than sex, but it's like as well as, if that makes sense. Because mm. yeah. there's something about time, isn't there, I think, yeah. in this poem that's kind of interesting in terms of this the longevity and the like where a relationship might end up sort of and in my head they've been together for like 40 years or something mm. um but that's an interesting point as well about we were talking earlier about how we um found it early on in the relationship and i think this is maybe linking back to the theme of friendship is why this poem would be a good friend because it's one you can return to because in the second stanza you've got that theme of um you can still go back to that moment and imagine like when you first met and recreate that, that early passion. And I guess that's what I like about it now, because when I share it with my partner, you know, even after a year and a half, things change and you settle a little bit into routines. And I would say our grand passion hasn't yet become familial, but it's heading that way. <laughs> <laughs> we can see where it's going. Um, and I can picture myself reading this, I don't know, at 45, and I don't know where I'll be or who I'll be with then, but, or if I'll be with anyone at 45, but I can see myself reading it and taking comfort from this idea that I can still feel like I'm 22. Definitely. Um, 
So I was I was just going to ask, um, like what yeah, what sort of friend is it in terms of you know you've got friends who challenge you and friends who comfort you and. Well, it's, I wouldn't say it's a challenging friend. Um, I say it's a friend that probably hugs you from behind because <laughs> yeah, like it, it surprises you, um, and there's things you notice about it. Um, I think it's a yeah. It's, it's it's that friend. It's the friend that you can spend a long time away from because all I need is that line in step to my heel. If I remember that, I have what I need from the poem. The Hug. It was your birthday. We had drunk and dined half the night with our old friend, who'd showed us in the end to a bed I reached in one drunk stride. Already I lay snug and drowsy with the wine dozed on one side. I dozed, I slept. My sleep broke on a hug suddenly from behind in which the full lengths of our bodies pressed. Your instep to my heel. My shoulder blades against your chest. It was not sex, but I could feel the whole strength of your body set or braced to mine, and locking me to you, as if we were still twenty-two, when our grand passion had not yet become familial. My quick sleep had deleted all of intervening time and place. I only knew the stay of your secure, firm, dry embrace. That was Sarah with the gift reading at the end there. Our thanks, of course, to all our friends up at Manchester Central Library. And our thanks to Sam for allowing us to share this conversation with you. What a fantastically eloquent and thoughtful and interesting voice Sam has. It's maybe doubly so, Michael, because we weren't there. When you hear the conversation as we have done, as our listeners are doing now. It's an incredible thing, the way somebody's turn of phrase, their pace, their way of reflecting and responding to the questions that might be coming up about the poem, just the way they do all those things, how it gives you a very kind of full feeling of the person. And I really enjoyed being in not only Tom Gunn's company, as it were, in the poem, but also in Sam's. Yeah, very much. I, I didn't know Tom Gunn. I'd never even heard of Tom Gunfee. Did you know him? I do, but not well, and not as well as uh, I should, I'm sure. I know I know of him for single poems in anthologies, and now what I need to do is to read a collection. Mm. Can I ask you this? Mm. I, When I was listening to the episode, I found myself actually doing the thing with the instep and the foot. Me too, yeah. yeah. Oh, you did. Yeah. I did wonder if you were doing that. Yeah. And I have to say, these last few days, as I have been self-isolating and therefore very alone in my bed, I have been doing that with my two little feet. I know. It's really been such a great comfort. So just, yeah, wonderful. Sophie, um, you and I have not spoken at length about this, but, you know, we've got plenty of stuff in the archive that we can continue mm -hmm. to put out. And uh, we have kind of briefly touched upon the idea that we can do uh, some Skype uh, exchanges uh, in much the mm -hmm. same way as we're recording this 
bit of voiceover now. So, uh, yeah, just to say that it's our intention to continue to put out the podcast once a month. There's no reason we shouldn't be able to do that. Absolutely. We will be continuing to um, put the episode out once a month. And I know, Michael, you've also been busy looking at some stuff to do with the uh, the website and the presentation of the project visually. Mm. So hopefully that's going to help us as well to really keep that sense of connection with everybody that's listening and taking part. Yeah, absolutely. And we want to try and sort of keep things moving forward where we can. Obviously, we're going to have to change some of our plans. Um, mm. We did have a, a little programme of, of live events starting to come together and some of those we know that we're not going to be able to do and some of those are still question marks for us at the moment. We'll, we'll find out more as we go. But, um, yeah, I guess we're just going to try and do what we can do. So I think the main thing within that is be in touch, uh, perhaps even more so than we might have been in our, in our other lives um, mm. where we didn't perhaps have the time or the feeling of doing that. We'd really love to hear from anybody who wants to nominate a poem that's been a friend to them. Uh, you can do that online on the nominate page on the website. And also you can leave us a message by any means. And it's, it's great to be in touch. Absolutely. And if you do know people that are on their own that are self-isolating, uh, maybe share the podcast with them. It might be something they enjoy. We look forward to being back with you next month with another poem that's been a friend to somebody. Until then, thank you for listening. <laughs>